Welcome to another episode of Binge This, a Hit 105 podcast. My name's JT, and somebody actually asked us to do our recommendations episode, so it's number three. Yeah, it is. My name's Ollie Mackin. I don't need no babysitter. My name's Leah, and I reckon people are asking for more recommendations because I keep giving solid ones. Wow, tickets on your sale. Guys, let's kick things off with mine. I recommended the new Babysitter's Club, which is available on Netflix. In case you guys have not watched or are not aware, the Babysitter's Club is a a kids or tween show about a diverse array of young women who start a club looking after children. It's heartwarming, engaging, it has a diverse cast and it covers uh, so, so, so many different social topics that I've never seen covered in a a child show. I want to hear what you guys think and then I'll give my opinion and tell you why you're wrong because you're both (laughs) looking at me with disdain. Are you sure, uh, Lily? Do you want to go first? Well, I think I would have absolutely loved this show if I'd watched it a couple of years ago because I feel like now I'm more attuned to some things like the poor acting quality and overall production quality. Production, I can't even say it. Production quality. You're that shaken up (laughs) by the babysitter's club. I feel like if I was a kid, if I was younger, I would have looked over those things and just looked at the characters in the storyline and thought, wow, wholesome, great, love. I want to be part of it. But now I'm like, oh, that was a weird cut. Why is the mum's hair curled so much all the time? It's just not realistic. Of course it's not realistic. I thought the acting was actually very, very good. I tried to find the uh, Wikipedia pages of all the young actresses to see what what they'd starred in before, and none of them had one. So I think this may be some of their, if not their first role, and that is an impressive feat. JT? Okay, so uh, on the back of what Lily said, the messages are fantastic for for young kids and tweens, as you called them. I think that's great. I think there were like two times I actually let out a little, huh, because I laughed at something they had done. However, how dare you recommend us to watch this show that is clearly for people under the age of 15. What the absolute F... Well, you think, like, I was incensed that you had made me watch half an hour of this. And then how in the heck did you keep watching the entire series? (laughs) So, guys. Like, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Okay, okay, firstly. I'm not even kidding. Like, I was actually... Off. Did you watch it with people? Because I did. And I was like, yeah, my friend Ollie recommended it. <laughs> we all sat around and I was like, well, this is uncomfortable. Time no, to watch the I next recommendation. I could not even convince my lovely girlfriend, whom you both know, to watch it with me. That's how ridiculous this recommendation was. Okay. Okay. Let me explain. Firstly, it is one of the most critically acclaimed series on uh, Netflix. By who? The, Urkel? The- uh, no, Variety. The Hollywood mm. Reporter said that it is one of the best series the streaming platform has ever produced. For who? For yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. For kids. It's epic for kids. It's great okay. for kids. We all worked in kids TV, so I thought we could look at it with an interesting and different perspective under a different lens. But But let's just say this, okay? Adult series, children series aside, just series in general very rarely have such diverse cast and cover such diverse topics as the Babysitter's Club does. And it does it in a heartwarming, endearing way. It has someone for everyone. You need to watch the whole thing. Another thing aside, and this is a personal thing, is I didn't really have kids. I didn't have kids. I don't have kids. Guys, (laughs) I don't have kids that I'm aware of. I, I didn't really have friends at that age. 
So I loved going back and hanging out with my gal pals and starting a babysitter's club. I loved going on my little adventures. Oh, always pulling out the, I had no friends and now you guys are dishing my recommendation card. No, because... If you watch the whole series, which I never we, will. we took a trip to Club Moosehead, which was incredible. Oh my it tackled issues that you would never expect from a children's show. And it yeah. did it no, in a way that it, it tackled complex issues in a very simple, simple way. And I think the most intelligent people can convert complex ideas and, and translate them to a younger audience. They have an episode, I think it's three or four, where there's a uh, one of the kids who's being babysit that is transitioning. And the doctors, she gets sick, and the doctors keep referring to the girl by the incorrect pronouns. And one of the babysitters goes, hi, can you please respect her and call her female? This was the meek one. This was her character development where she finds her strength. And we also learn about pronouns as a kid. In the finale, oh my gosh. In the in the Moosehead episode, I watched them all. Course, we took it. Yeah, I, I loved going on a camp with my girls. I I enjoyed my time at Moosehead. I liked doing the activities. Not all of the kids could afford to do certain activities. And they said that it's unfair that due to socioeconomics, you can't partake in an art class. So one of the girls who's introduced later on stages a peaceful protest. She's anti-establishment and it shows power of the individual. We're not saying that. Like, it's so epic for kids. I'm just wondering if you genuinely enjoyed the whole thing as an adult, having lived your life to this point. (laughs) How did you enjoy it? Yes. You know what this is? It's Harry Potter syndrome. Harry oh, Potter, so true. Global phenomenon. All these adults going phenomenon. All these uh, adults going. Oh wow, these books are fantastic. They're so easy to read and they're really great. They're easy to read because they're written for kids. Yeah, and exactly, it was easy to process. I put it on because in my LA Facebook group that I'm a part of, oh. yes, that's right, guys, I've been to LA. He's using every card possible here. <laughs> sure Pe- people were praising the diversity of the cast, and it was a very, very diverse cast. Yeah, and to its credit. Yeah, and and diverse family structures, single dads, single mothers, divorced uh, uh, solid family units. Every bases were covered. But wait, Ollie, did you read the babysitter books when you were younger? Is uh, that what oh, it good was? Good question. No, no, I didn't. I'm not banking on nostalgia. Right, I because thought, the, I thought that's you, what you meant with the Harry Potter thing. Because I have so many friends oh. who watched it as kids, and now that there's like remakes and things like that, not with Harry Potter, but with something like this, then they love it. I personally can't get into Harry Potter because I missed the boat when I was younger. Okay, that's wow. fine. I'm shocked you guys didn't see the value in this. Actually, legitimately shocked. Were they books first? I they feel were like first. I yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, and they, they were wildly popular. Uh, I, I saw the value for kids. There was just nothing redeeming. Aside from getting to see Alicia Silverstone act, because I think she's a fantastic actor. She's I've incredible. I've always loved her. Yeah. Aside from getting to see her in action again, this was... It's like listening to a Wiggles album. Like, I'm sure, you know... Look, I thought it was sweet. I thought the characters, as the show evolved, showed some real nuance... They subvert. They started as tropes, as stereotypes, and through the series, they evolve and become cl- complex characters. I liked the interplay between the women. I like watching female friendships. The only thing I did not like about this, watching it as an adult, which made me feel creepy, is the relationship storylines. Because I, I'm not invest. I'm not invested in tweens having their first kiss. I think it's gross. I didn't want to see it. But, and I'm going to say, and this is, hear me out, hear me out. Well, we're listening. I was listening to 
the Sex in the City podcast. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, so they were saying how Sex in the City was a pioneer, and it hasn't really been done since then. Where the focus is on the females and their friendships and their interplay, and men were used as props to further the process. And this is very similar to that, where the focus is the four females and the interplay. I shouldn't call them females, little girls. And the interplay between them and tackling uh, friendships at that age. I, look, I thought it was really well done. So did Variety. So did nearly every critic. It had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100% guys. Which means you are 100% wrong. Well, maybe it was jarring because I watched your recommendation and then straight away JT's recommendation, which were obviously for very, very (laughs) different (laughs) age groups. I was was in a, what was it, with a psychologist in JT's episode, just sitting there watching that. Cut back to the babysitter club where we're about to go and babysit Jimmy across the road. (laughs) We love Jimmy across the road. Okay, Okay, so moving on from Sex in the City for Little Kids, I recommended... Please don't call it that. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I recommended uh, the seminal series The Sopranos. It was uh, aired on HBO quite some time ago, probably close to 20 years ago now. Just like Sex in the City. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a story of uh, a crime family boss who starts having panic attacks and he goes to see a psychologist and his life unravels from there. I am so keen to hear what you young whippersnappers thought of this show because watching the pilot, it looks quite dated. It, you know, it was shot a very long time ago. Uh, the Sopranos was the first long-form, uh, like, drama, realistic. Uh, it set the tone for everything that has come since that we know and love uh, on TV. It was HBO's, one of their first forays into uh, uh, serial drama. Uh, it was on air, every Sunday night it aired in America. Um, I remember watching it on VHS in Australia. Yikes. Um, what did you guys as youngsters think of this incredible piece of drama? Well, yeah. I absolutely loved it. What? I loved it. I thought it was so epic. I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think what really got me in the first episode, there were these ducks that were kind of a metaphor for this man. Uh And I thought it was really amazing because I have a dad who's really invested in animals and is like so super overtly caring when it comes to animals. But then like if you try and get a caring word out of him in real life, he's like, well, Leah, just swim a bit lightly. Like, you know. (laughs) You don't have to be too intact with your emotions. And he was like crying to kookaburras outside. Wow. So I thought that that was super interesting. And I really want to know more about his character. I thought it was so fun. Not fun. That's a weird word. Um, But interesting to see this big macho man sitting down crying to a therapist and going through that process. I just loved that. I loved learning more about his character and the family structures. And after being bored watching the Babysitter's Club, (laughs) with all respect to that wholesome show, I was really thrown in the deep end here which I think made me love it even more wow how about you Ollie Mac I gotta say uh when you suggested it I was like oh brother (laughs) (laughs) why though what makes you say that no because my understanding of what the Sopranos was Uh and what it is are two separate ideas oh that's interesting so my understanding of the Sopranos was that it was like some mob show and a lot of killing a lot of guns a lot of drugs like just some like boy boy macho no heart 
That that was my understanding of it. Right. That's, mm. that's what I gleaned from conversations. Mm-hmm. Because when people describe it as you did, and I think you described it incorrectly, you said it's about a, a, a mob family and you put the mob or the crime first. But I say, and this is just judging off the pilot, essentially Sopranos is a heartfelt family drama. <laughs> If you cut out all the crime content, which there actually wasn't a lot in the pilot, except for that like shooting and the dead body and the no, no, I'm like I'm not I'm not saying that there, that there wasn't crime content, but the heart and soul of the pilot and the heart and soul of what I believe is the show, and I could be wrong, is the family unit and the bond and the interplay between the the matriarch and the and the father and the kids and the family it was essentially for me a family drama like the the point of of uh the point of conflict throughout the pilot was not really about crime the actual point the the crux of the episode was him dealing with his family and the emotion that his family brought up it's a family first crime second show and I got to say, actually, I really liked it as well. And I, like I understand why it's critically acclaimed. I'd also like to say that maybe I got a remastered version. But visually, it is so beautifully shot. Yeah, Every so shot felt like it had purpose. Mm. It oscillated kind of wildly between tight, intimate shots wide shots where you sh- where, where you saw that they were emotionally disconnected and then suddenly there was a moment of intimacy where they were very closely connected each character even from the pilot is nuanced there is no good or bad inherently mm-hmm. this family is bad mm-hmm. what they're doing is wrong mm-hmm. but to make what should be a villain and is a, is a villain predominantly in most pop culture to make them the hero and make you feel for them is an incredible feat and it deserves the critical acclaim it deserves the accolades and it deserves to be an iconic series particularly for its time Absolutely. even now we haven't produced something that is so kind of nuanced and morally ambiguous and mm. yet we still have a clear champion and a clear hero well it's it became the hallmark for me for good writing is when you can make someone so inherently evil as tony tony soprano is yeah. and you're still on their side like that is the ultimate mm. manipulation for me and as i believed a every character like yeah. i fully believed in his good side and his bad side and with i think it's his mum. That is that she played it amazingly. Like I've seen so many old people who just embody that whole situation when they went to the nursing home, that pushback. Like if anyone's ever experienced trying to get your grandma into a nursing home, it is that painful. Yeah. One thing that was also really painful was actually finding this show. Oh yeah, sorry. Yes. It's only available on either Foxtel uh, or Binge, or you can purchase it on iTunes. That that is a bit of a. Uh I watched it on Binge. Oh, that is a slow streaming service. I'm not a fan of it unless it's my Wi-Fi, but... (laughs) Uh, I think Binge is a really solid streaming service, actually. It's just keep the market. Hashtag, please sponsor us, Binge. (laughs) Well, moving on from Sopranos, which, by the way, was too loved it, so I'm winning recommendations so far, uh, is another long-form drama, which, again, the Sopranos crawled, so everything else could walk uh, (laughs) after it. Lily, what was your recommendation for us? 
my recommendation was to watch Nashville. So it's about a legendary country music star and she's getting a little old and a little less popular and then this young star rises and I just loved the first season because I really saw it through this feminist lens, the interplay between the two women uh, and how that happened. But if you do continue watching, it kind of crashes and burns and it wrecks country music. But hey, for the first couple of seasons, I was so into it. And the way I got into it was my roommate had it on. I was like, this is weird country music. I don't really know why we're watching this. But then once you just get so into it, I just absolutely loved it and binged the whole thing. What did you guys think? Okay, I full disclosure, I actually watched this uh, when it debuted uh, way, like probably five or six years ago. Humble brag there. Because uh, I'm a TV dweeb. I was, I was on the uh, forum saying, hey, there's this new show coming out. So... I managed to find it and watched it. I loved it as well. And I completely stand behind everything you just said about it. It does kind of start to cook a little um, as the seasons go on. But uh, the characters are great. Honestly, Connie Britton, the star, like I I could watch a series of her reading the phone book every episode and I would be (laughs) enthralled. She is amazing. The songs are great. Uh, That If I Didn't Know Better song that that starts in season one, that's fantastic. Uh, I just thought it was very, very digestible and, and... Completely uh, loved it, Ollie. But you're you're almost saying it's like Sopranos level because it it's, is no, no, no. trash. It's definitely it's not. not Sopranos it's level. definitely not Sopranos but, level. But no one's pointing out the fact that it is absolute garbage. Like it, it's trash. It's harsh. soapy and over the top and ridiculous. Yeah, that is true. Like the Hayden mm. Pattier, whatever character, <laughs> the young thing. She's so ridiculously villainous. <laughs> She's so cold. Like, who hurt her? Wow. Well, I mean, like, they tried to give her some depth, but there was no subtlety to it. She's on the phone, guys. This is this is what happens in the pilot. It's no spoiler. She's on the phone and, and speaking to her mum. She's crying in a closet. And it cuts to her mum covered in pockmarks, shaking in like some truck stop alley being like, give me money, give me money. And Hayden's like, I can't, I know you're using. Yeah. And they they just they just tried to make her sympathetic in this 20 seconds. Also, she reminded me so much of like a, a young Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock. <laughs> Particularly where like there's, there's an episode of 30 Rock where Jenna goes, I know how I'm going to get this done. Using my, don't say Jenna. Sexuality. <laughs> and that's what she does in this whole episode. She's like, I need a new guitarist. I know what I'm going to do. Hey, big boy, want to come back? Yes, that's right. Sexuality. Like, it's just ludicrous. It really, really is. Yeah, that was, I, that was what I meant. The classy way of saying that is it's easily digestible. Oh, right. But okay. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it, it was trash. Was it enjoyable trash? You better believe yeah. it. Was it gloriously, gloriously ridiculous but very, very well acted. Yes, it was. Were the characters complex? No. no. <laughs> we tried to make it, but then by the end, in the end seasons, we were relying on what accidents to like keep yeah, right. See, going. I, also, full disclosure, I never made it to the very end because it, yeah, it just got too soapy for me. Yeah, yeah, I think they were just trying to stretch it out. It only finished in 2018. Wow. And so when did it start? 2012. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty good run. Yeah. Look, for look. such a trash show. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it. This is something that's yeah. so up my alley. This is a show that's made for me. I love watching female characters much more than male characters. And I do like seeing 
how women, particularly these are working women, dynamic women, how women uh, command power. Hayden does it through her sexuality. <laughs> and Connie does it via just being awesome and everyone falling in love with her. Yeah, it's hard not to. She's a nurturer. She nurtures her way into love. And I, I think that's an interesting an interesting view of, of women, how they wield their power and how they wield influence. And from that perspective, and I agree with you from like a feminist perspective and women's role within society particularly powerful women it was kind of somewhat engaging in summation as always we recommend that you watch it for yourself but we've got babysitters club it's a tick if you're under 15 years of age (laughs) sopranos it's a tick for everything because it's amazing nashville look it's a tick it's a smaller tick but still a tick yeah sure put it on you know sunday afternoon (laughs) I disagree with Babysitter's Club. If you want something oh, that, go. if you want something before you go to bed that has has quick resolution, yeah. you don't need to be watch invested. Watch The Office. No, no, watch Babysitter's Club. It'll warm your heart. It really will. You guys are dead on the inside. You don't have Can't hope. Argue. But new Oliver 2.0, <laughs> he has heart. He has care, and he cares about the future. Yeah, sure. Well, he's got sexy sneakers on as well. Well, mate, this is the kind of kids' TV that when I worked in kids' TV all those days ago, I would have loved to create. And to me, there's a level of aspiration, and maybe not everyone can relate to that. Shockingly, I can't believe you don't, Leah, as you created kid- kids' content with me. I'm surprised Oopsies. you didn't see it like that. But I think it's gorgeous. Well, write in the letter, Santa. Maybe your wish will come true and you'll get to make something... <laughs> fingies crossed. In the meantime, give us a like, give us a subscribe, write a review if you would agree with us, if you don't agree with us, if you think Ollie's opinions are always terrible. But make sure, whatever you do, hit the five star, please. (laughs) Please Please. give us a five star rating, it really helps us along the way. On Apple iTunes, five star, please, we beg of you. We will stop begging now. This has (laughs) been Binge This, a Hit 105 podcast. I have been JT. I have and will always be Oliver 2.0. And I'm Leah and we'll catch you real soon. Love you all. I really do. Woke up this morning. (laughs) That's the theme song from The Sopranos. (laughs) Only you get that. (laughs) No, everybody loves The Sopranos.